Thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch. And now, the typical format of this podcast is... uh, where we take a topic uh, of discussion, a biblical topic, and um, we'll sit down with somebody who, um, who I believe is, is learned or at least has studied that biblical topic uh, in some depth before. Um, and then we, we hash out ideas as iron sharpening iron and, and trying to, to, truly, to really dive deep into that subject. <clears throat> but from time to time, uh, we are going to just be um, having a solo uh, episode or two, and so we're going to do that today. Um, we're going to be discussing benevolence. Now, last week we discussed evangelism with with uh, Drew Suttles, and then uh, next week, Lord willing, we're going to be discussing edification with Brother Ty Rhymes. Uh, so, and if if you're seeing a theme with these first three episodes, they they are the threefold work of the church. The, th- the threefold work coming from Ephesians chapter four, and that being uh, evangelism, benevolence, and edification. And now, one thing that we need to state from the offset is all three of these are equally important to, as as the other. Not one of them is more important than the other. So evangelism is no more important than benevolence is, and benevolence is no more important than edification. Edification is no more important than evangelism. But rather, we're going to find out that you have to have all three working together at the same time in order for the church to work properly. It's the reason why it's the threefold work of the church and not three separate works of the church. <clears throat> now, to start off, what is benevolence? Benevolence, it, it, the Web, Webster's Dictionary just defines it as wishing to do good or the, the, the will to do good. And it comes, the word benevolence comes from the, the Latin word, uh, it, it's, it's transliterated from, from Latin, and there it's a compound word, uh, ben and, and um, veil. And veil meaning wishing, and then ben, of course, meaning good. And so it is wishing well, well wishing, or wishing to do good. Now, of course, we know that benevolence is not just simply wishing to do good, though if you are wishing or wanting to do good, to be benevolent, if you're wanting to do good things, then you're going to do good things. So now I want us to look at benevolence in Scripture. And Peter, through inspiration, when he was uh, preaching to Cornelius in Acts, uh, there we read about it in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius being a Gentile, he was a devout man. Uh, he, was, um, he was one who, who gave alms, he gave to the poor. And when Peter was preaching the gospel to him, Acts chapter 10, and we read about this in verse 38, He says regarding Jesus how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. 
So Jesus was somebody who went about doing good. Jesus embodied this benevolent demeanor, this benevolent attitude. Jesus was benevolent. And so and we, we certainly see that when we read throughout the, the gospel accounts. And there's a pattern for us to follow in regards to this when we read or when we study Matthew. And Matt, when we come to Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, this was before Jesus began his earthly ministry. Matthew chapter 4, most people are familiar with it because this is where uh, we have recorded uh, Jesus being tempted by the devil, by the devil combating uh, that temptation there. And then when we get to verse 23, after he calls Peter, James, and, and John, uh, and Andrew, verse 23, it says that, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and notice, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. His fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken to with diverse diseases and torments, those that were possessed with devils, those that were a lunatic, that, that the uh, moon cycles um, caused them to have problems, those that had the palsy, those that were paralyzed, and he healed them. And he accumulated a great following from, from these uh, miracles, from this benevolence which he was uh, bestowing. And then after we read about that, after we read about him being benevolent and healing the people, providing, uh, looking out for the well-being of the physical well-being of these individuals there in Jerusalem and all throughout uh, Galilee, then we come to Acts chapter 5. And what does Acts chapter 5 open up with? Immediately, we get to the doctrine. So at the close of Acts chapter 4, Jesus is, is healing, being benevolent, and then Acts chapter 5, he is evangelizing. Now, then when we come to Matthew chapter 9, Matthew 9 and verse 35, uh, we see that pattern of Jesus, he, he taught, and then when we come out of it, we see a period of healing. Uh, Acts chapter, or excuse me, Matthew chapter eight. He is uh, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. He uh, cast out um, uh, two two devils from individuals. And then when we come to Matthew chapter nine and verse thirty-five, Jesus went about all the cities, uh, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad. Jesus, again, he is seeking after or looking after the physical well-being of these people. And then when we come to Acts chapter 10, he's sending out, uh, he's bestowing the 12 with the same ability to perform perform the miraculous, to heal uh, sicknesses and cast out demons. But he's giving them this so that they can go evangelize. They, of course, do so. Then when we come to Matthew chapter 12, then there is some, some teaching uh, being had or being given. And then when we come to the close of Matthew chapter 12, Jesus heals uh, uh, somebody who is uh, vexed with the devil. And then when we get to Matthew 13, then we get into the, the uh, parables. And it says in the ver- first one of Matthew 13, the same day, Jesus went out of the house. So he healed this man of the devil and it caused an uproar with the Pharisees and and certain of the scribes. 
And then Matthew 13, that very same day, once he had got everybody's attention, he preached the gospel to them. And we, uh, the same thing, there is a continual pattern. In Matthew 14, uh, in verse, uh, verse 15 and following, there were uh, thousands of individuals who came, they were following Jesus, and they were fainting because they did not have anything to eat. Jesus provided for them. He was being benevolent, bestowing acts of benevolence. And then he's preaching the gospel. So we see this pattern of Jesus. He is evangelizing. That is his ultimate goal is to look after the spiritual well-being of these people. But before he's doing that, he is always providing the physical, for the physical well-being. You've heard about the, you've heard the quip, people don't, uh, people don't, Care how much you know until they know how much you care. And we, as Christians, we know what eternity holds for the world, for those who are outside of Christ. And we know what they need in order to ensure eternity with God. But they're not going to be concerned about their spiritual well-being until their physical needs are being met. In 1943, an individual, uh, Abraham Maslow, most people know about this, the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I believe that it, 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 that it holds true. In 1943, Abraham Maslow, Maslow uh, wrote a paper in the Psychological Review um, called uh, The Theory of Human... Um, human motivations and that's where he had the that's where he wrote down the the uh, idea of the maslow's hierarchy of needs and we know at the very bottom of that is the the physical needs food shelter clothing etc and then right above that of course is safety and that's uh, they're labeled as physiological needs and then we can go on to um, the higher uh, levels of, of one's needs, what somebody needs, whether it be self-esteem, etc. And I would, I, at the very top, I believe most modern scientists put uh, this as a, as a self-actualization. But I would say at the very top of that pyramid should be just seeking, and maybe this is what they mean, seeking after somebody's uh, spiritual needs. But Nobody is going to be concerned with the spiritual until they have not much concern with the physical. And we are physical beings. We're, we're bound to the physical right now. And that's, that's primarily what gains our attention, what, what keeps our focus is the physical. Yes, as Christians, we should be setting our affections on things above. We should be looking and yearning for what's coming after this world. But for the world, they're not doing that. And you can think back to a time before you were a Christian and think about your mindset. Think about your attitude. You probably weren't concerned with it as well until you had your physical needs met. And it's the reason why we see that pattern of Jesus meeting the physical needs of the people. And that gained their attention and then he taught them the gospel. He taught them what they needed most. He gave them what they needed most. Now, so we cannot expect to evangelize the lost. 
having not first cared for their physical needs. Now, there are certain people who will seek out uh, the truth and who will come to the gospel who you've never had to care for, you've never had to do anything, though you're still going to have to show care for their soul, though you haven't had to be benevolent in any way, you haven't had to buy them a meal or or, uh, pay for their gas or whatever it may be. But for most people, they're going to need to know that you care in some way or another. You're going to have to show them that you care in some way or another and by being benevolent. Now, let's look at some practicality of benevolence because we understand that there's a need for us to be benevolent. If we're going to fulfill that, uh, that command in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and following, where Jesus commanded, his, uh, commanded the apostles to go into all the world uh, and preach the God, uh, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that he commanded them to observe, then that, of course, rolls over to us because we are being, uh, we were taught and we were baptized to, and we were taught again to, uh, to do everything that they were commanded to do, which was teach, baptize, and, and teach as well. So if we're going to fulfill that command, we have to have something backing it up. Benevolence is there to back up our evangelism. Now, what are some practical aspects of evangelism? What are some practical things that we can do, or excuse me, of benevolence? What are some practical things that we can do to to be more benevolent, to show benevolence? Now, you might be wishing to do good, but you may not know what to do. Go with me to Matthew chapter 25. Uh, Matthew chapter 25 in the close, Jesus was preparing his disciples and truly anybody who was listening uh, there in Jerusalem. This was the week of his crucifixion. He was preparing them as much as he could within those final few moments um, for life without him physically being present. And he was trying to cram in as much as he possibly could. And in Matthew chapter 25, he gives a some teaching regarding the, the coming judgment. And then verse 31, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, all the holy angels, then he shall sit upon his throne of glory. And verse 34, after he has divided the sheep, the, the, the righteous uh, from the goats, from the unrighteous, from the wicked, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared uh, for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. And then the righteous answered him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and, and fed you? When did we, or thirsty, and gave you drink? When did we see you, a stranger, took you in, or naked, and clothed you? And Jesus said, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Now in this text, Jesus gives us five different areas of benevolence. Five good works which Christians should partake in, which Christians should perform. By the first being by feeding, by uh, provisions, 
making sure that there's nobody that that's hungry. <clears throat> How many of us have been in a uh, situation where we're driving down the road or we're leaving Walmart or leaving the mall, whatever it may be, and we see a homeless person on the side of the road and they're begging for money? And we don't really know whether or not we should give them money because for all we know, if we were to give them some cash, then we would just be aiding in a possible addiction. Now, that could be a potential excuse in our minds, maybe something that we come up with, that we've come up with, an easy excuse for us to not give them anything. But there is no excuse for us to just drive up the road and go into a drive-thru get them a meal, or if it's a whole family, buy the whole family a meal. If it's a whole family, pizzas serve really well for that and get them a two liter or, or, a, or a gallon of something and take it back to them. There's no reason that a Christian should not be able to do that. There's no excuse for them to not uh, feed somebody who, who is begging. Now, we can look at it, or I want to look at it from both an individual Christian's perspective, as well as the church as a whole. And we've looked at it from an individual's perspective, that, that, there, that there should be no excuse. That when somebody is begging, if they're begging for money, give them food. That's something you know that they need, and it's something you know is going to help them. Now, from a church's perspective, churches should set aside a benevolent fund. They should set aside money uh, for performing benevolent works, whether it be in, if if an individual, if the treasurer or an elder wants to go with a, a family or a person to the grocery store to buy them food, uh, that, that they can go through the checkout. They may not have to, if they don't feel comfortable giving them cash or if they don't feel um, comfortable uh, putting it into their own hands, so to speak, then they can go with them. But the church should be ready to be benevolent in providing food or water or drink for, for other people. Now, moving on, there's also we also have another um, uh, area of benevolence, and that is being hospitable. Uh, Jesus said, I was a stranger and you took me in. Now, for this one, I can't, in good conscience, tell anybody that when you see a stranger on the side of the road, a homeless person, that you should take them into your own house. And I don't believe that's what scripture is teaching because you have no idea what harm they could be, uh, what, what they could do to your family, what they have done in their past that they could roll over onto you. But I do believe given examples that we have throughout the Old and New Testaments that if you know that the person means no harm or could do no harm, then there's no excuse for you to take them in. There's no excuse for you to, 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 to let them sleep on your couch or, or sleep in the floor even, just putting a roof over their head, uh, providing a little bit of shelter for them, uh, that being the very basic of needs that somebody needs, or very, very basic of needs. And now, Another being clothing. And touching upon this just briefly in regards to clothing, uh, m several of us have probably paid for somebody else's meal at some point in time, whether it be a homeless person or whether it be a, um, 
a college kid uh, who was in for the weekend or, or, or whatever it is. Most of us have probably paid for a meal. But how many of us have ever bought another person's clothes? Not a family member's clothes, but a random person's clothes. Again, the scenario where you're driving down the road and you see uh, somebody homeless, you see that they've been wearing the same jacket, uh, that that jacket looks like it hasn't been washed for uh, years and that they've been wearing it for months now, that they probably don't have any other clothes, that they're wearing the same things day after day, why not buy them some new clothes as well? If you're buying them food, go ahead and, 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 and take the time to buy them clothes. They're going to need those clothes just as much as the food because the clothes that they're currently wearing are eventually going to wear out or they're going to hinder them from being able to do anything better. <clears throat> and while we're on that, let me say this. When, if you decide to buy another person clothes, ask yourself, would I wear this? Now, keep in mind in the Old Testament, the, the, the Jews, they were required to give God the first fruits. They were to give the best of the best. And so if we are going to do the, if we, if we are giving to glorify God, Matthew chapter five, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and your benevolent works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So if we're doing this to glorify God, if we're being benevolent to glorify God, we need to be giving the best of the best. Now, also by seeing after and visiting. Now, these are two separate things. One is, is seeing after the sick and one is uh, visiting those who are in prison. But I want to put them together. The, the, the visiting those who are in prison, that's just providing company. But the seeing after the sick, the visiting those who are sick, this is a seeing after, a looking after. When you're looking after someone, think about the, the good Samaritan. He saw the individual on the side of the road. He took him and he poured oil in, into his, or he poured, uh, the oil into his wounds and he took him to an end. That individual was beaten down. He was bruised. He was sick in a way. That Samaritan looked after that individual. So when you think of, of looking after the sick or visiting the sick in that regard, the same visiting that James uses in James chapter 1, verse 27, uh, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. You're not just going unto them to keep them company, but you're also going to them to see if they have any needs. <clears throat> and we could dive into that a little bit more, uh, but... I, I want us to close with this. First of all, follow the example. We understand the importance of evangelism, or at least hopefully we do. But evangelism is likely, if your evangelism is being, if you feel like you're not being fruitful in your evangelistic efforts, maybe you need to be more benevolent. And now I want to close with the verse, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. It says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due time we shall reap, if we do not faint. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. If you have stayed tuned in 
I do appreciate you. If this has been uh, an encouragement to you or if you feel like it's going to help anybody else, please uh, share it with somebody. Uh, tell, tell your friend about it. And if you have stayed tuned in, be sure to rate and review this podcast. Uh, if you're listening to us through Facebook, be sure to like and to share. And go check out the Scattered Abroad Network page. Be sure to like and share it as well, as well, of all the, as, well as all of the other guys' uh, podcasts. Be sure to check those out as well. Uh, we do appreciate you, and have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.